This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the October 25th, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. A Democratic, unaffiliated pollster offers unsolicited advice that Biden touting his accomplishments is not helping Democrats in the midterms. I have been told not to offer dieting tips. Chinese President Xi won his third term. I'm not sure why, but the ex-president Hu Jintao was removed by force from the Congress. Moving on. More on Xi. I link to an article that discusses how Xi is the most powerful Chinese leader since Mao. Rather than checks and balances, he has loyalists in key positions. So Xi will likely be able to implement policies that he wants because his cronies are in position to rubber stamp his decisions. A smart guy shared with me that this may be bad for Xi. While cumbersome committees can be bad, having to work through issues with a few folks often leads to better decisions. If Xi is the man, then it comes down to his thinking. Further, the smart guy shared his thinking that Xi has made a lot of mistakes. Now Xi will own those mistakes. I linked to an article in The Hill by Alexander Modal titled, Why Russia's Strategic Defeat is in the Cards. He takes on the argument by others that Russia can't be defeated because the West won't risk boots on the ground. Mr. Modal argues that Russia is weak internally, has a crap military, has a weak economy, and is heading in the wrong direction. I was surprised to read that Russia may have already lost more than 65,000 troops in Ukraine, which is more than the United States lost in all of the Vietnam War. Mr. Modal also emphasizes that the nations and republics around Russia that used to be part of the Soviet Union are moving further from Russia's grip. So outside pressure may cause Russia to implode. If that happens, it won't be pretty. I had a stray thought today that Pete Buttigieg will be the Democratic presidential nominee. He is smart. He lacked experience last time, but with a few years as Secretary of Transportation, he will come across with enough experience. And how badly can you screw up the Department of Transportation? Further, he sounds good. I just read where he was criticizing Republicans for complaining about inflation, but not doing anything about it. God, he was smooth. He complained that they did not vote for the Inflation Reduction Act, and he said that that was certainty. Yeah, the bill had a great title, no substance in regard to inflation. I think the key on inflation is like driving a car into a ditch. Best not to get into the problem. When you do, you have to call a tow truck, or in the case of inflation, the Federal Reserve. So while Pete's comments were intellectual crap, they sounded good. That should put him in the front of the pack. Governor DeSantis is doing well in Florida, and there was talk of him winning Miami-Dade due to the emerging support of Hispanics. To me, that is democracy in action. Citizens evaluating their options and making a choice. How do MSNBC pundits see this development? Well, let's pull a few quotes from the linked news analysis article titled, NBC pundits say Hispanics support DeSantis because they are racist. In response to a tweet where someone said that DeSantis is popular among Florida Lat Latinos and that he may win Miami-Dade, Joy Reid is quoted as tweeting, quote, This wouldn't surprise me at all. The Proud Boys have all but merged with the Miami-Dade Republican Party. Sociopolitically, Florida is basically morphing into Brazil, end quote. 
In response to the same tweet on DeSantis's popularity with Hispanics, Jamel Hill wrote, quote, that proximity to whiteness is a real thing. Also reminds me of an adage I heard a long time ago about how the oppressed begin to take on the traits of the oppressor, end quote. Those two mental giants could be correct. Or maybe Hispanics don't like unfettered abortion, want an economy that encourages and rewards work, are appalled at high inflation, and think that Christ, the Democratic nominee for governor, is creepy. You know, maybe they are just voting their preference. But the NBC hosts have to play the race card. I think it is like playing solitaire with a one-card deck. I doubt I created it, but one of my lines is that it is okay to stick the knife in, but not okay to twist it. I thought of that as I read stories of Liz Cheney. She hates Trump. There is a lot to hate. She thought January 6th was awful. She is not special. We all did. She thought Donald Trump committed impeachable acts relative to January 6th. Maybe. Never investigated by the House before they put forward a crap article of impeachment. I still say the article of impeachment passed by the House and voted down by the Senate was crap. Up until this point, she was sticking the knife in. I'm fine with that. I think the people of Wyoming who she represented in a state she occasionally visited were fine with that. Not perfectly fine, but she would have won re-election. But she had to twist the knife. Pelosi rejected Republican members of the January 6th committee and Liz sided with Pelosi and Adam Schiff and others against her party and her party leaders. She has acted as someone who wants to destroy the party rather than someone who wants to reform it. She should have resigned her leadership position and carried on the fight as a backbencher. She did not. And she will be gone come January because she lost her primary. She should have lost her primary. Folks don't vote for you when you act as if you hate them. Liz, you should not have twisted the knife. You should have stuck it in. A listener shared a graph of deficit, deficit spending under different presidents that is being used on Twitter to say Republicans have a spending problem. I know I am supposed to reflexively say bullshit, and I have some specific areas of bullshit I can claim. Like Clinton, Republicans dragged him kicking and screaming to reduce the deficit to the point that he shut the government down because he did not want to go as far as Republicans. And he did not worry about the deficit in the first two years. It took until he got a whooping in the 1994 midterm election. But you know, Republicans also suck on the deficit. As a group, they spend too much money. And those that fight it are called awful names. Think Rand Paul. One of Rand Paul's habits is to object to passing appropriations by unanimous consent. He wants the spending bills to go through committees. When he does that, folks like John Stewart, Stewart, skewer him. If we are worried about deficits, then we need to honor the folks trying to curb spending. And it's not all presidents. Congress has the power of the purse. Presidents can sign a bill or veto it. Vetoing it sometimes means a government shutdown and the gobbledygook media goes nuts over that. And we follow their lead. And deficit spending is not some academic concern. With rising interest rates, the interest payment on the $31 trillion debt is going to be huge. It, the interest payment alone may dwarf what we spend on defense or on forgiving student loans. But yes, Republicans also suck on the deficit. They should be chastened by that graph. We need to spend within our means. The sooner the better. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. 
If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.